0: The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. So a big issue with COVID this time around appears to be the spread amongst children. And in fact, when you look at the cases, it seems like quite a substantial proportion of the new cases each day are in that sort of zero to nine and then below 16 age bracket. On the line to talk about it, we've got Dr. Michael Littimore from Monash University. Doctor, thanks for being on the program. Thanks for having me. So what's happened? How has it changed over the last year? Because it seemed like, for example, in regional Victoria, schools were able to sort of operate last year and the virus didn't spread. But this time around, it seems like the virus is spreading amongst children.
1: Yeah, well, the, the new Delta variant, not that new anymore, of course. We've all heard quite a lot about it. It's, it's definitely far more infectious. And as a result of that, it is infecting children, Um, A lot of these children are picking up in the household from adults that have brought it home, although there have been a few transmissions now happening in schools. Of course, you have to remember last year, um, there was no virus in regional Victoria, and so hard to have a transmission in a school when there's nothing there to start with. And in Metro Melbourne, uh, all the schools were closed, so we couldn't have had transmission there either.
0: But even in things like childcare centres, I think they were able to run Mm -hmm. childcare last year, weren't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was open the whole time. And we, and we saw very few, if any, um, transmission events in there. I, I, my take on this is I think it comes down to the increased infectiousness of Delta. Uh, that's probably pushing us over a threshold where children before weren't, weren't really getting sick. And now we're starting to see some cases pop up in them.
0: And why is it that children were immune before? Is it that they have better immune systems? Or I had someone speculate that because they're at a lower level when adults cough, they're not at the same height. I don't know if that's got anything to do with it. But do we know why children were somewhat immune, but now that it's more infectious, they do seem to be getting it?
1: I don't think we really know. Uh, It's very unusual for an infectious condition. You think of the the flu. um, Children, obviously, very susceptible to, to bad strains of the flu. Um, But we don't actually have a good understanding of why children weren't getting it. They just didn't seem to, which uh, which was kind of useful for us in terms of thinking about controlling the spread.
0: So what happens now from a policymaker's point of view? Because I'm assuming these are all the issues that the state government in Victoria will be grappling with when it comes to trying to work out our restrictions. And even what the rest of the school year is going to be like, that makes it a real challenge, doesn't it? Absolutely.
1: And, you know, we've seen the announcements in New South Wales sending schools back. Schools play such a, a critical role in in childhood, um, well beyond the pandemic as well. And so it, it's a very difficult thing to balance. Um, we do know that children, even when they do get COVID, they don't tend to get as sick. Um, the limited evidence that we've seen on long COVID in children says they don't seem to get that nearly as badly or as often, and they don't spread it as much. Um, So in terms of risk to the wider community, schools are probably okay. Um, And also with increased vaccination uptake in teachers, we hope all these things can come together and help keep our schools open as much as we can.
0: Have there been many studies done on the effectiveness or even the suitability of vaccinations for children? Because I know the current vaccine program appears to be targeted to the 16 plus. Uh, Have there been many studies on what the under 16s might do? There's not
1: been very much, and and that's that's pretty normal for vaccine trials. These things are usually done in adults. Um, the risk there is a lot lower, so there's there's really little evidence for how well they work and also how safe they are for children. Um, I would expect it to be safe, but we don't have a lot of evidence at the moment. And the other thing, of course, is that um, the vaccine rollout being targeted to adults is really trying to target key transmitters, which children are generally not. It's usually that young working-age adults that are doing the most spreading.
0: And why aren't children key transmitters? Just because there's been speculation about do playgrounds spread the virus and how do we control it amongst children? Um, why do adults spread it more than children?
1: Well, again, we don't quite know. So uh, there are a few studies that suggest that if you, basically, if you put a child and an adult in exactly the same situation, the adult's more likely to spread it than the child Um that may or may not be the case. It seems to be the case from the data that we've seen. Again, we're not sure why. Um, in terms of why children aren't key transmitters, they also just tend to interact with less diverse groups of people. Um, if you think of a non-lockdown state, uh, how many people you would see in a workplace, on the on public transport, in the supermarket, mm. um, that's a lot more people than a child would tend to see and they're often different people other, as opposed to a child's consistent class group and things like that
0: yeah I guess that makes sense, even though when you think of children you don't think of them as being very good at controlling infection i mean for example mm-hmm. they're saying um we can't really mandate the use of masks for under twelves because some children they think just won't be able to wear them and cope um Of course, children don't seem to cough into their elbow and you know mm-hmm. perhaps're a bit more relaxed about spreading things like viruses yeah uh, look, I think you
1: know I've heard some um humorous stories about children with masks in schools and mask swaps and, and things like that that uh um, you know you can totally imagine a child saying, oh let's swap masks, I really like yours. It kind of <laughs> goes against the idea. Um, but nonetheless, you know, we've seen even overseas not a huge amount of child to child transmission in schools. I think in Victoria we've seen less than five playground transmissions, and those were all in adults at the playground, not in children. Um, so We're sort of hoping uh, that schools will be able to open as safely as possible and the children will get some of their normal lives back.
0: Has it actually come up in any of your research or any of the papers that you've read the effectiveness of masks for the under-12s? Not for
1: under-12s. I've never really seen anyone break it down by by age like that. Um, I I guess the thinking is that it's probably a a constant percentage reduction, if you like, so some 40%, 30% less likely to transmit no matter who you are. I think as well there'd, there'd be very limited data on that. Obviously in Victoria, if you are under 12, you don't have to wear a mask. Mm. Um, so that would be hard to, to bake into that. those sorts of studies.
0: I saw a report and it came up. I think it was on News. dot com today or one of those media sites, and it said a new variant of the virus has been detected in South Africa, and they speculated that it might be twice as effective, uh, twice as infectious as Delta, which of course would send shockwaves through a lot of people at the moment. Just looking at how quickly Delta is moving, I don't know if has that come up in the academic community at all, or is that just a little bit of uh, media alarmism?
1: Look at that you know. It's true there is a new variant. I think um, we we don't know much about it. There are new variants of these things all the time. Um, coronavirus does evolve quick enough like that. The the question is, you know, these claims of is it twice as infectious or not? I, unfortunately, we sort of have to wait and see. There's there's no way to to test that until it starts to circulate. If it starts to circulate, if you think about um alpha, the B one one seven UK strain used to be known. You know, that that's basically gone now and it's all been replaced by Delta. And so um, it would have to be quite the variant, I think, to outpace Delta. It's one of the most infectious conditions, airborne infectious conditions that we've ever had.
0: Um, But who knows? Hopefully not. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Yeah, um, well, yeah, let's hope not because that would just send havoc um, amongst uh, the whole thing. Um, And, you know, we're already struggling with Delta, so if it was more infectious than Delta, I don't even know how we'd begin to cope. Um, Just one other thing, um, how are the vaccines going? Do we know, for example, how effective AZ and uh, Pfizer might be against Delta or even these new variants, or is it still too early to tell?
1: Yes, we we don't know anything about the new variants yet. Um, For Delta, look, the effectiveness is probably down a little bit. It's not enormous um And certainly the important thing really for those vaccines is that they protect you against severe disease. So even if you're more likely to spread it, um, think of like a common cold, that spreads a lot, but it everyone sort of accepts that they get a cold occasionally and, and then they get better. And that's really what both the Pfizer and the AstraZeneca vaccines do at pretty much the same levels is reduce that severe disease, reduce the need for people to go to hospital and intensive care. Um, and those seem to be pretty constant across the variants and then hopefully that continues
0: and when a new variant comes out how long does it take for you to actually determine how much more infectious or less infectious it might be than other variants do you need to spend a fair bit of time going through all of that data before you can make that really definitive call
1: well we um, are in a a lucky position in Australia in many ways where we don't have um, a lot of COVID circulating so we rely on overseas estimates of this stuff um and that really relies on that country's ability to work out how much of each variant they have, um, and that genomic sequencing you know takes time, takes money, and which a lot of countries can't do. So what we really rely on is it getting somewhere where they can count the cases, count the variants, and then from there you can work out pretty easily how much more or less infectious it's likely to be. Um, if it happens to arrive into Australia, then you know we have all of those facilities ready to go, and um, with a few hundred cases probably is when we'd be comfortable trying to get a good estimate of that although I mean, hopefully we'd work it out a bit quicker
0: well thanks so much for being on the program really appreciate it and i appreciate all the research you're doing because obviously it's essential at the moment oh thanks for having me thank you dr michael littlemore with us there from monash university sharing some information about the infectious nature of the virus amongst children the mitchell's front page podcast is brought to you by geelong bank